0: Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the in-depth film podcast where two best friends use their patent-pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a movie. Today is Thursday, February 16th, 2023, one day later than normal, and that is because the movie we were reviewing today, The Fablemans, was harder to see in theaters for Tyler, so we had to postpone our, our record day for by day. Hand up, my bad. It was uh, hard to find. Movie's been out for a few months. You didn't want to dole up the $20 to buy it on streaming? So we had, to, we had to push it back. You just saw this last night. So this is fresh in your brain, yeah. Tyler. Very fresh. Um, this is one of the uh, Oscar Best Picture nominees as we continue our trek to review every Best Picture nominee movie this year at one point or another. Um, and it's the Steven Spielberg semi-autobiographical autobiographical, autobiographical film about his life, cinema, yeah, and movies, everything baby. in between, Ty. It's just... This is babylon 2.0 the continuation of babylon it's pg babylon well no there's there's some non-pg things in here i guess um but as two film loving best friends um i think this is a a nice film to review you know me you and and steven we just all love films the same so it'll be <laughs> great to talk about it just the three of us <laughs> let's get into the show
1: 50 of the time it works every time John what we just become best friends yep
0: I do so I'm not fucking leaving! <laughs>
1: the show goes
0: on! Alright, Ty. Speaking of the love for film, there's an entity mm. that does not love film as much as us, but they sure do love themselves some money. Uh, who is that? That is Disney. Oh! Yeah, because since we last recorded, Disney announced – a little bit of old news now. um, Classic happened right after we recorded last week, Um, literally the day we recorded, I think, later in the day. Um, Disney announces uh, a new Toy Story sequel, a new Frozen (laughs) sequel, and a new um, Zootopia sequel. Yeah. Um, I'm not on board with any of these except for maybe Zootopia. Can I get your thoughts in uh, three words or less on each – New sequel, Toy Story 5, Frozen 3, and Zootopia 2. Uh, three words each or one word each? Three words or less each. Um, Starting with Toy Story 5. Rain scene peaked. <laughs> okay. It's all downhill okay. from here. You know, I should have prepped you for this. Uh, uh, probably would have been yeah, better. Yeah, you, know, you said, oh, I love surprising you, and then it's like, hey, let's just throw this in front of you. Frozen. Um, Frozen 3. Frozen 3. I Forgot too.
1: <laughs> Fair. Um,
0: we just talked about it last week. <laughs> Couldn't remember what the fuck it was about. Fair. And um, Zootopia 2. Furries love this. And Miko. And, and our and friend Miko. Miko. And Miko. Furries <laughs> and Miko. Not saying... Furries dash Miko love this. <laughs> Correct. Or yes. just three words or less. Furries and Miko. Furries and Miko. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Look... I really liked Zootopia. Riley watched it again recently, and I did the dad thing. I'm um, not a father of just like standing there with mm-hmm. my arms folded, mm-hmm. watching you know ten minutes leaving whatever. You're not watching, but you fully did watch <laughs> um, Frozen. Fine, I don't really like care that much. Two was decent enough. I know you said you don't remember it. I don't remember too much about it either. But like whatever. Toy Story though is just the one that kind of breaks my heart, and I think it's just because I don't know. That's what we grew up on. That was my favorite movie when I was a little kid. Was Toy Story Two. And, you know, they peaked with 3. You said rain scene peak. Um, uh, Technologically, it peaked with the rain scene. Mm -hmm. But you and I can both admit that Toy Story 3 should have never happened. Toy Story 4? Toy Toy Story 4, excuse me. Yeah, Yeah. They had this emotional send-off in Toy Story 3. And then they just make another one in Toy Story 4, which is the most, like, Disney Channel original Mm -hmm. 30-minute thing they turn into a full movie. And now they're gonna do. They did another sad goodbye that the cast just overly built up. And now they're gonna do Toy Story five, and it's gonna be like Andy's kid finds Woody so at stupid. a fair and so reunites stupid. him with Buzz. Yeah, no, it peaked. Like I was, I would argue if like just the three Toy Story is probably like the best trilogy ever in terms of like consistency and how fucking good all three of them. Toy are. Story versus the Godfather. God, everyone hates Godfather three. Oh, I don't see I've never seen The Godfather. That's never good never seen, info. I've never seen one, two, or three, but shoot, that could have been a March movie madness idea. Just the top trilogies. Yeah. Well, I think it's like you look at Toy Story and one or two are like both are claimed as just incredible. And the third one is just the perfect ending for a trilogy. Like the the best ending for that story possible. And then you go into four and they give you the rain scene the gate and you're like, Okay, it makes sense that they're making a fourth and then it's just all downhill from there <laughs> when they actually, you know, show you the fourth. Um. All right. So I'm just I'm here on a uh, GameRant.com. We have okay. the top movie trilogies of all time. Ty. Okay. Uh, we have number one, The Godfather. I mean, that's just Godfather three. People hate. Number two, Star Wars, the original trilogy. Okay, that's that's a good one. Number three, The Dollars trilogy with our guy Clint Eastwood, made in the '60s. Oh, okay. Um, number four, one you actually probably left off. I'm not gonna go through all of these, but number four. Uh, Lord of the Rings, gotta respect that. Number five, Indiana yep. Jones, gotta respect that. Number six, Christopher Nolan's Batman, gotta respect that. Yep. Um, all this to say that Toy Story's not even on this list. I mean, that's just a shit list then. You know what they have on this list ahead of Toy Story? What? Iron Man. The Iron Man trilogy. So that's a shit list then. Because, like, realistically, you look at all those and, like, yeah, sure, the Nolan trilogy, like, the best part of that Nolan trilogy is better than any of the Toy Story movies. But, like,. Yeah. Realistically, the Toy Story movies 1, 2, and 3, all great films, all mm-hmm. done well, and like the beginning, middle, and end of the trilogy is done so well. Godfather 3 has a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, that's not, that's nothing special. Like, Batman oh, wow. begins and, and The Dark Knight r- Rises, like, those are good. The Godfather Part 3, I didn't realize this, was made 16 years after the second one. That's wild. It was a money grab. Al Pacino does look old here. Underrated trilogy? How about the Oceans trilogy? Uh, I like the first one. you ever seen the other ones? No. But still pretty good. Are they? Are yeah. they as good as the first, though? No, they're not. But if I remember correctly, and excuse me if I'm wrong, I, I could be ignorant here. I think Oceans 12 is like the exact same movie. One of them is like the exact same movie, and then another one they're trying to do like a different style of heist, and it's still a heist, but it's not exactly the same. But one of the sequels is literally just like another Vegas heist. And that's the one that's better in my opinion. Whichever I mean, one that is. That's kind of sick just play the hits. Yeah, exactly. So, Toy, Oceans 8 pretty good too. Toy Story 3, 98% critic score. Uh score. Toy Story 2, 100. Toy Story 1, I 99. believe 99. Also, has 100 I thought. Does it not? No, 100. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. It has 298 out of a possible 300 for the critic score. Oh, so that's rounded up to 100. No, 298. Oh, 298 points. Yeah, I don't know. Two hundreds and oh, two hundreds and one ninety eight. Yes, got it. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Pretty good. That's fucking incredible. That's that's pretty good. Ty. Um, they also announced not movies, but there's going to be an Avatar, Pandora experience coming to Disneyland Anaheim. They don't have enough room to add the whole Pandora Land that they have in Disney World. If they could somehow find a way to get the Avatar ride here, mm-hmm. Ty, I th- cried the first time I watched it. I wrote it. I'm gonna go to Google Maps here, so just you know, keep that in the back of your mind that if they do make the Avatar ride, you might cry. I, you were just riding a creature, right? It doesn't seem like an emotional experience. It's emotion. <laughs> it's emotional. It seems more just like a like a ride. It's kind of no, cool. It's it's spectacular. Like if tie. there's one thing about. Avatar is like the technology is cool, the emotion just isn't there. But people were so emotional because of how immersive it was. Now, imagine putting them on an actual ride. Okay, I just don't know if that's for me. I don't know if I'm that kind of person. I'm more uh, story driven type person, you know. <laughs> I could deal with some bad graphics if you hit me with the heartstrings. <laughs> um, Avatar The Way of Water also um, passed Titanic as the third top grossing film of all time, and then Titanic repassed it somehow. But I think since then. <laughs> Avatar 2 has, once again, repassed the repassing. Yeah, I don't fucking know, So, it's literally Avengers Endgame and four James Cameron movies. Three James Cameron movies. Yeah, all in the top four. I love that. So, So, geographically, I'm taking a look here, Jay. There's Disney's Paradise Pier, which is across Disneyland Drive. And there's a giant parking lot in that corner. If they wanted to get creative, they own the parking lot. You build a parking structure somewhere, get rid of the parking lot. And you put Avatar Land in that, in that Southwest corner. Well, there was, um, and you make that happen. There was actually a, they announced it back in 2020, 2021. They announced an expansion they were planning on doing. And it's like, I don't even know. I think it's like supposed to be more park or something. They were going to do something, but who knows? Cause there's definitely like, they're they're with their space that they got. They're kind of fucking stuck because there's houses all around and shit. But you can go west and like the Disneyland, you know, hotel and the parking lot. Like, you can find something to do there. That's what it was. So it's supposed to be they're gonna have their little downtown Disney area, and then we're Paradise Pier and Disneyland Hotel, and maybe another hotel if they make a new one. They've been doing a lot of construction over there. Uh, a possible immersive theme park, where there's hotel, retail, dining, and entertainment. So, oh. Um, some of the other Disney, I believe, it might be Paris, it might be Shanghai. It's one of the international ones. There's literally a hotel, like, inside the park you can stay at, which is just, like, the coolest thing ever. That's pretty pitching. Um, and there's, they also have that Star Wars hotel where you, you go there for, like, three days, and it's, yeah. like, a whole thing. That's in Orlando. So they'll probably do something like that. Maybe there'll be an Avatar, a Pandora hotel, and you're just locked in this this Pandora thing for however long. That'd be pretty And st- then your, your land sick. gets... Uh, Stepped on by settlers and everything. You have to fight by, for your world. By colonizers. Um, you know who didn't fight well enough, Ty? Who's the Philadelphia Eagles? Who oh. In the Super Bowl. Yeah, they stink. Um, big winners of the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Rihanna, who my father did not realize how many Rihanna songs he knows. Mm. Um, I'm sure my dad wasn't the only middle-aged man who proclaimed, Oh, Rihanna sings this song? Six times in her Super Bowl performance. She's incredible. Um also great, great hit list. Also proclaiming he's going to add her to his playlist. Um you're familiar <laughs> with his playlist, so um and number three, Super Bowl commercials tie. You know, it's the best time of year for commercials. Even though I feel like every year we all build up the commercials and everyone's like, Oh, the commercials suck this year. Mm. I feel like that's every year. Everyone just wants to say how bad the commercials were. Yeah. Um there's always I like, always the, I like the breaking bad one that came out two weeks ago. It was a good um, commercial. Brian Cranston said that might be his last ever Walter White, the end of the Walter White cinematic universe. Just as someone who just watched Breaking Bad this year and perfectly lined up for a Super Bowl commercial. Love it. Um, But Super Bowl commercials, my big prediction, which I didn't tell you, but I told Riley, Ted Lasso trailer did not come true. Mm -mm. Instead, they just released one on Instagram. Yeah, They're like, why are we going to spend all this money when (laughs) we can just do it here? March 15th, I believe yes once again the week your son is going to be born yes a lot of things happening very busy week for me um but there were some movie trailers ty why don't you hit us with some of the movie trailers that stuck out to you i know you got a list so here's the deal i think this first one came out prior (laughs) um to the super bowl but i think it was after we recorded last that was the fast x trailer yes yes it was it did come out before super bowl but after we recorded yes and we didn't get a chance to talk about it Um, I'm glad you brought this up Because I really wanted to talk about it with you And I completely forgot it existed This is the Avengers endgame of the Fast franchise It's the beginning of the end So I think it's the Avengers Infinity War It You're right, you're 100% (laughs) right It's the Infinity War Of the the Fast franchise And I'm, I'll be honest I'm higher on this than I have the other ones Because this just seems like they're just like, fuck it That's literally been the last No, but the other ones are like, let's see how stupid we can fucking get This just feels like a like fucking why not? Well, I'm glad you're turning to the bright side. Um, Dwayne Johnson needs to be in this movie. He needs to do this, little bro Dwayne. He'll he'll come back in Endgame. Little bro Dwayne <laughs> needs to show up in the next one. <laughs> um, I I'm surprised you feel good about this. I'm glad you've turned back into you know embracing the ridiculousness. Look, like ceiling fifty out of a hundred. I know that for a fact. Uh, score wise, score wise, it has a ceiling of a fifty out of hundred. No, 100. come on, it's got but, it's got Godzilla Kong ceiling of a sixty six. It de- play it depends on how much they run back like the first five. Okay, that'll tell me how much I like this. What did you think of them like literally pulling two helicopters into each mm. other while yeah. they were driving? Ridiculous. That was so, so stupid. One that stuck out to me. Yeah, as I was you know mm-hmm. watching it, thinking about how you would react to this. Yeah, stupidest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> but I just like that they're bringing back all the people. And it just makes no fucking sense. Paul Walker? He gonna show up? I. He's got to right. Well, he's dead. Not Paul well, Walker. Paul Walker's know. brother? No, I think they get Paul Walker. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't put a bat pass Vin Diesel. I really <laughs> don't. Fast um, Ten. Yeah, I'm excited, and, and I love how they're they're marketing as the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. So if they, they could just end it, if it's a flop, which it won't be, because it'll make a billion dollars overseas. Yeah, and then they can make two more, and this will be the end trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Fast 12, right? Yeah. It's the beginning of the end. This is the second act of the end, <laughs> and this is the end of the end. Oh, man. No, you're right, because people are assuming this is the beginning and the next one's the the end. Yeah. They entirely could put a middle in there. Yeah. Anyone could do it. It's, it's Mr. Dominic Toretto himself. Ten. Think about that for a second. Yeah. What other film franchise do we have that has – I mean, Star Wars has nine, but that was spaced out into three separate almost eras – and aren't really well received. I mean, the Fast and Furious movies, I know you shit on them, but the ones you shit on are the ones that are received the best. Not true. Ironically. No. The, the ones Fast I shit five. on are the ones that make the most money, not received the best. I'm pretty sure, like, the first four Fast and the Furiouses, maybe one was decently received. We've gone through this rabbit hole before, but ten films in a single franchise, tie. Yeah. Harry Potter has eight, and that's a fucking lot. But that's even based off a of book, yeah, so that's even, different. like... Like, MCU is different because it's like a universe with different characters. This has just been, I mean, I guess 2 and 3 don't have Vin Diesel, but still. He stepped away. Uh-huh. He's bringing it back. What other uh, movie trailers do we have on Super Bowl? Guardians. Um, just more Guardians 3 stuff. Very much looks like Rocket is, is Big Gone, which makes me think he is actually not Big Gone. Um, I think Rocket fully survives this. Really? I think so? Yeah. Because it seems like they're playing into him dying so much that he's just not going to. You know, a wise man once said that about a few weeks ago, a few months ago, when the first Guardians trailer came out. And that wise man was me. Mm-hmm. So, I think he still I could. I don't think I ever disagreed with you. I think he still could die. I just don't think that's going to be the shocking sad. I mean, Drax, that feels like an inevitability. They're, I, these characters are going to get written off one way or another, let's be honest. Yeah. Maybe they keep Chris Pratt. Just as like a, hey, when we do a team up, let's have Star-Lord in there. Yeah. And Nebula, maybe, you know, some of the Gamora. You got to have um, Zoe Saldana if you're going to have a record-breaking profit of a movie. Yeah. So, you got to keep her around. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, they actually released the Titanic that got the box office spot to retake it. It was a cut with Zoe Saldana. Oh, no shit. Yeah, they released a re-release. I love that. She just, like, gets digitally edited as the captain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, she's the iceberg. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, I don't know. I'm excited for that. I mean, I know Ant-Man is our, our movie that we're reviewing next week, so we don't have to dive into it too, too deep, but I know it's not getting received very well. Mm. Um, I won't give the score out for the listeners quite yet. I'll save that for next week, but it's not good. It's rotten. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's it's going down every time I check it. Oh, yeah. it's It's got a good audience score, though. I mean, that is that is good to see because, like, if Marvel's just being, like, stupid fun – like, fine, fuck it. Give me a stupid fun movie. But don't fall in between where you're, like, trying to take yourself serious and making dog shit stuff. Like, you know what I feel like I, it's going to be? I don't be? know. I feel like Thor 11 Thunder was the appetizer. And this is almost the entree where people are mad. So when Thor 11 Thunder came out, it got reviewed okay. Like, it got decent reviews. You know, maybe not Marvel's best, but decent reviews. But then as time has gone on, more people have shit on Thor Love and Thunder for the... the I mean, 64 is not great, but it's not like bad, bad. Yeah. Um, more people have crapped on it for like the the tone being imbalanced and everything, the comedy. And then you have like the dark elements with gore and how it just didn't feel right. That was the appetizer. And I feel like we're going to have the same problem with Ant-Man and the Wasp, in, or Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania? Yeah. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're going to have like this <laughs> really serious kang kind of badass kind of you know whatever but it's going to be like ant-man humor paul rudd dumb humor and the stakes probably won't feel very high or they might be so ridiculously high that you know it's not going to matter like it's literally the end of the whole universe or ant-man wins and it's like all right we know the whole universe isn't ending i think it is that i think it's the latter there that's Um, just like they're trying way too hard so i think it's gonna my prediction as we're gonna review it next week obviously is there's gonna be that tonal imbalance and we're gonna come away from the film being like wow I'm excited to see Kang more, and I'm also excited to never have to watch another (laughs) Ant-Man. Oh, wow. (laughs) As you were saying that this title is a mouthful, I've realized that this franchise, for their sequels, all that they've done is just added words onto the name of the movie. Because we started (laughs) with Ant-Man, which was followed by Ant-Man and the Wasp, which was followed by Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and I have to imagine if they make a fourth, it's like Ant-Man and the Wasp, quantum manium escape mm. and they just continue like quantum Manium escape colon part one <laughs> you're not wrong and then if they make one after the part one it's part one finale it's not part two because then they would have to remove <laughs> words they just add on to the end there um speaking of superhero movies uh another trailer i'm sure that was on your list uh the flashpoint movie is it called flashpoint or just flash just the flash flashpoint is the comic it's inspired by yes um the weirdest movie ever because this is bad on DC's part. I think James Gunn should have waited to do his whole video that we talked about, what, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. explaining the future of the DCU. Because everyone's going into this like, okay, none of this matters. It's going to reset the universe. Who cares? Yes, but I also feel like because of that, they're just going to do whatever the fuck they want. And this is I'm- nostalgia pops. I'm very excited for this. Michael Keaton's in it, which wasn't a surprise. We no. obviously. We knew he was in it. He was announced years ago. I am surprised that Ben Affleck is in it. That's more of the surprise. The guy who most recently played Batman in this universe. This is his last hoorah. I didn't know he was going to have a last hoorah in this. Was he confirmed in this? I don't know. Oh. What if they get bail in it? That's what I'm saying because it doesn't matter. And it's like, fuck it. Play the hits. This is totally going to be a... Maybe it's not, excuse me, intentional. It's going to get ripped on because it's just going to look like a Spider-Man no way home rip off uh, <laughs> the final battle is going to be like him and like four Batmans and maybe yeah. a Superman. Well, in the trailer, there's two versions of himself. Yeah. Well, the CW flashes, he's going to be in this, right? hundred percent. Maybe that's I know going to be that, their Spider-Man moment. I know that Ezra Miller was in the CW flashes TV show and that's what they'll do. They'll kill Ezra Miller, and then CW Flash will become the Flash for the DCU. I think it's too old. Because Ezra Miller's problematic. I think they've talked about that, and they don't. What's worse, old or problematic? Yeah. I just. <laughs> Look, my, my thought process here on this movie, it's not going to matter, right? There's no stakes. Yeah. They're resetting anything anyways, even if that wasn't the original idea, which it kind of seems like it was. They should not release this movie with Ezra Miller and all of the shit that he's done. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so fucking good because they've decided (laughs) to ignore all the fact that they've decided to ignore all of that. And we're just like, no, we still have to release this movie. I don't give a fuck what he gets arrested for. Uh, Maybe I don't know if that's not a tale that, like, I don't care what happens. This movie's coming out like they know they have something incredible. Maybe. And like there's no stake. So it's not like if you leave this movie out, like it wouldn't make sense. For the story, like you could just be like, "Hey, I'm taking over. We're starting over," but rather they're still choosing to move on with this film. It's gonna be so good. What if they just kill him right away? That would be pretty. And the movie's cool. just led by CW Flash. What if they kill him right away and it's just a Michael Keaton Batman movie? <laughs> <laughs> he's the entire runtime. He he's gonna be in it for like five minutes, and everyone's gonna be mad. Watch. Yeah, I can't. Ex- I mean. I think he's in it longer than that, but I don't it's expect be. He's also very old. Very, very old. But, I mean, I won't accept any Michael Keaton slander on this. I love podcast. Michael Keaton. Do you? Because you're just slandering I him. I do. You know I'm a big Michael Keaton fan, but last time he was involved in a multiversal film was Morbius, and how did that go? Real shit. Yeah. But he shouldn't have been involved. That was just a dog shit post-credit scene. That movie also marketed him being in the movie in the trailer, and then he was just in the post-credit scene. What if they do the same thing here? <laughs> that would be something. How old do you think Michael Keaton is? Seventy-one. I just looked. Great guess. Um, <laughs> no, I just looked. I know. Um, so, are you gonna have the same attitude about the Shazam movie we're reviewing in like soon, two weeks? Well, no, he's just not that problematic. So it's just like no. Why I not mean, the to movie's some... not gonna since there nothing matters anyways. Like yeah. it's just gonna be a lot of fun. No, 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 no. That movie looks stupid. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's March seventeenth. I thought it was February seventeenth, which wouldn't make any sense because that's tomorrow. Um, any other our trailer? 17th is... Yeah. That again is that same week. <laughs> That's just days later in this busy week. It's a big week for you, Ty. Jesus. Maybe well, we'll- I'll have to do a solo Shazam review. <laughs> 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 I don't hate that. We can get you going there. Oh. Any other movie trailers that jump out to you? What happened to our schedule? I don't know. You're the schedule guy. Oh, some guy. Oh, no, dude. I saw. I was just looking very specifically at Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. Um, and i forgot that that's going to be the old pinocchio re-released on that day well it's not old not re-released uh first time released yes on that day already recorded but not a re-release followed by shazam potentially no it is that's the next episode on the schedule whether that's me and you or just you and a special guest (laughs) yet to be seen any other um i didn't i didn't see any other trailers or anything Do you have any Ted Lasso trailer? How are you feeling? Oh, I can't wait. I know. I'm excited. That show's so good. I finally watched three episodes of The Last of Us. Yeah. Overrated. Ridiculous take. Just the worst take. It's not bad. It's so good. You're right. It's not bad because it's incredible. It's It's emotional. It's it's riveting. Episode five. It just keeps on climbing. Episode three was the best one. It had nothing to do with the two main characters. Episode three is wonderful. Episode one, very fucking good start. You I'll weren't, you weren't feeling that when the fucking planes were cr- crashing and they're driving. Okay, through so the city? I want to talk about this. Actually, I was telling Riley about this is I think, and you're going to say, Oh, this is why you don't like it. I don't really like doomsday dystopia movies because it puts me in my feels, especially after the pandemic. Okay. So like watching that opening sequence of episode one, I was just kind of like, what opening sequence? The opening sequence is like the interview. Oh, well, the opening sequence with the guy and his daughter with Pedro Pascal and his daughter that okay. whole the, where the whole city, episode pretty where much. the city goes to well, not shit. the whole episode the first half of the episode. Yeah. it kind of just put me in like a bad mood. Okay. I don't like watching that kind of stuff. It's very interesting. I don't like it I'm like,, ugh, I don't like it. just bums you out, yeah, I don't like dystopian stuff i I never got into The Walking Dead. I mean, yeah, I don't know, um breaking news tie up bruce willis this is four hours ago dementia yeah that's sad that's very sad yeah i don't not to be insensitive what do you say for dementia because usually if someone's sick like oh get well soon but you can't like get well i think with we're just we're, we're just sad okay that's our stance on it we're sad i'd say like thoughts and prayers but that ain't, that ain't me thoughts and prayers tie okay thoughts <laughs> to Bruce willis. uh do you want to get into the fablements? Let's talk about it. But first, let's do an ad break.
1: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
0: When Sam Fableman's parents take him to the movies for the first time, he finds what he is passionate about and continues to learn and perfect his art as he grows up. That was a pretty lame synopsis I struggled so much I didn't want to cheat I didn't want to look at other ones but I did have it googled ready to go so I could read the other one I already lost it Uh, growing up in post-World War II era Arizona young Sammy Fablement he's so clear that it's not Sammy he says that multiple times in the movie he does aspires to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of the film can help him see the truth best picture nominated film tie yeah one of the eight nominated films um not the favorite as we know the favorite is everything <laughs> everywhere all at once i was very confident that this was a favorite for a while um there. it it was up there i think it's number three, three four two or three it's, um should be three we updated the odds last week let's see new updated odds as of today they update this article a lot Good i love for them yeah uh we're still looking at everything everywhere all at once at minus two twenty-five. I think that's where it was last time. Uh Top Gun Maverick is plus seven fifty. It might have been plus uh, six fifty yeah, last time. I went back down. I hate that. Banshee's in uh, n- plus four fifty. This is oh, ten to one. Oh, fourth best option. Banchy's jumped it. Yeah. That's a bummer. Now, counterpoint Jay, did you see the moment between Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise where he said, uh, I'm gonna actually pull up the quote. I was going to bring this up, actually, at the end of our movie review, after we talked about the movie, to parlay it into my random Rotten Tomato movie score, but go ahead. Do you want me to hold off? Go No, because I was going to bring it to you, because I wasn't sure if you saw it yet, because I know how much this quote would have meant to you if I got to tell you it for the first time. Oh, they broke this up so bad. And the, do you have the quote ready? All I know is he pretty much told Tom Cruise, thank you for saving cinema. <laughs> you saved... Uh theatrical distribution no god damn it J- J- keep talking about the movie while i pull this up on twitter i need the exact quote so the fableman steven spielberg which i want to have a little bit conversation about him before we start the review or we'll do it after actually we'll do it after um you know he's obviously one of the most decorated directors of our generation this is a semi semi autobiography whatever um, about his life some things are um, flubbed a little bit um, some things aren't Um, And it's kind of the lens of his love of cinema told in a cinematic story similar to um, Babylon almost where it's almost like he came up in a rise of cinema after the Babylon rise, which is like before Spielberg, you know, when he he starts his rise um, or in this case, Sam Fableman. Uh, This is a film I saw about a month ago and wasn't really excited going into it and was just like whatever about it and came out like just amazingly pleasantly surprised. I've been telling, talking to you about this for weeks. Um, I made my score weeks ago. I've been tweaking it. I've been doing all these things to it. And, you know, I think I landed at a good place with my, um, my score tie here. And I'm just, I'm excited to talk about this film. And I'm a little worried because it's a month. Usually I have a bunch of like these themes I want to talk about. And I didn't write them down. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I can keep up with you. you you might bring some things back into my head that might. I uh, hope I do. Make me score it higher. I hope I do. Pulling up the quote. Quote, you saved Hollywood's ass. Steven you
1: Spielberg You may have to saved
0: the entire theatrical release industry. I don't think that's true. I think of a man like Steven Spielberg saying it, it must be. And I think a film that does that, if there's any film deserving of a best picture, it would be the film that does that to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of a Tom Cruise hater. I'll be honest, I don't really like Tom Cruise either. But Top Gun Maverick is a great fucking. That being movie. said, I watched. I talked about it last week. I watched The Edge of Tomorrow. Is it good? Three nights ago, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. That's what I'm saying. He's one of the last movie stars, dog. <laughs> Ty, you would really like it. You need to watch it. You and Victoria need to watch it. We I don't like him as a person, it. but like you know, well, you know, separate the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Great art. God damn, does he know how to make an action thriller. You and Victoria need to watch it. It's so good it might induce labor in Victoria. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> that way your busy week can be just <laughs> a little more chill. <laughs> All thanks to Mr. Cruise. Um Seriously, though, go watch Ant-Man and the Waspin' Theaters and watch tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow. Fablemans, though, Ty, yeah. um, I know you went to the theater by yourself. Mm. I know there was a messed up screen, and the guy had to come and fix the screen. Correct. And looked at you in the theater alone and was probably thinking – why is this fucking guy here? This at Seven thirty o'clock. Seven thirty at night on a Thursday. At a movie where it came no one, out six months ago. No one else is watching it. Hey, Amen. How did that affect your uh, movie going experience? Did that? Did you? Did you pr- like it more? Or did you not like it more because of that? No, I felt very important. It just felt like I had my own big screen just for myself. <laughs> like you were rich enough to have a theater room in your <laughs> yeah. house. Like I was just like, hey, this is just mine. And it was very. It was. It was a. Uh, enjoyable experience for sure how my feet kicked up didn't give a fuck you watch this on wednesday uh, yeah i mean $19,000 on wednesday so you contributed to that $19,000 yeah. made 18,980 without me probably like 85 i don't know how much the ticket was like six concessions? dollars concessions. no nah, i was like nine bucks they don't count so they made $19,821 without you that's a pretty big percentage. You contributed about 0.005%. It's, 0, 0, it's not bad at all. Okay. How many of those do you think were after 5 o'clock? Fi- after 5 o'clock you know, Pacific I can, time? Well, you know, I can honestly say that I was probably the last person watching it. Because we're like Hawaii. Maybe some Hawaii oh, okay. showings. That's fair. Nah, if Hawaii shuts down at like 5 o'clock. There was no one watching this shit in Hawaii. I don't know. You could be right, Ty. Yeah. Good movie, though. So you, you liked it. You Good liked experience it. with the movie. Okay. Why didn't Victoria go with you? Uh, She was working Okay, fair enough Speaking of, I'll I'll save this Do you want to jump into the scale, Ty? Let's talk about it Our newly organized organized scale That I almost fucked up making my categories Before I went back and double checked I want you to lead the plot slash story score Refresh me as Mm. I Because I haven't seen the movie in a month Even though I remember all of it Yeah. Uh, We start with young (laughs) Sammy Fableman Going to see the greatest show on earth He's enthralled by the the movies, train crash scene, Uh, train crash, so he asks for toy trains for Christmas to help recreate, And, and you know, he films this so he can see it, and he just fucking falls in love with film, baby and then he just starts recording everything he makes at home, you know, movies with his sisters. He grows older, his dad gets a different job, they move around, they go on a camping trip. He records his family on the camping trip. They go, you know, he gets older, he like, finds out his mom's having an affair. I can't I fucking get to that oh, He gets older. He then looks back and like just going, you know, through the film, finds out his mom's having an affair with his uncle kind of, his dad's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, true story by the way. That part of it is true. That is not Steven a fictionalized Spielberg's part. Mom yeah. Was yeah. fucking his uncle? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That feels like really private family stuff to put on the big screen. I believe I researched this movie. I believe his mom asked him to wait until they passed to make it or something like that. No shit. I could be wrong. She's like, "Hey, don't expose us until after." This was a film he wrote a long time ago. Yeah, he had. He wrote it in uh, early 1999. Um he had reservations about exploring his family story because of concerns that his parents would be hurt and the project was withheld for 20 years. His parents I'm assuming are now dead. I believe so. Okay. So, well at least he waited. He respected that. Yeah. Um yeah, finds out they're having an affair, makes a makes a movie for his senior class ditch day. Um there's some bullies involved. He then gets a job offer from CBS. And that's just that's where the story starts, you know. The ending's really the beginning. Arnold Spielberg, his father, died in 2020. 103 years old. Oh, my God. You know how long he was probably waiting to release that movie? <laughs> like he just had it ready. Oh, that's great. He's just sitting there, like, his legs shaping, like shaking, like, waiting. It's like, I'm going to have to make another fucking... He probably didn't even want to make West Side Story, but he just had to wait. <laughs> had to get another one out before he could release the one he wanted to release. I was actually, when I researched this, he started developing it again. Yeah, he revisited the project with screenwriter and frequent collaborator, uh, Kushner, whatever his first name is, Um, in the, while they were making West Side Story. So, wow. Mm-hmm. He, um, Tony Kushner. Just looking at this, I think he's good at making movies. I want to hold off on that. We'll talk about that at the end. Um. <laughs> So yeah, there's this, there's (laughs) the plot to all this that you just kind of laid out, but you also have the story, Yeah, which is a story of a young man's love for filmmaking and how that, and like his trials and tribulations of picking that love and kind of all the things he sacrificed and caused in his life because of that love, his parents got divorced because of it. Um, but his dad seemed like he always knew that there was something going on. Yeah. Cause he like asked him and he, he subtly was like, find out for me. Um, Find out for me. Well, not find out for me, but like when he was asking him to make the project for his mom, I remember there was a line in there. He said something like it was hinting at it like he knew, but he was, you know. I think the thing where he comes home and he's arguing with him, he's like, what are you running from? Yeah. He's like, don't you better not fucking say it. Yeah. She fucking someone else, dude. He knew. He knew. But and it's told through his eyes and, you know, I, I just the family dynamic of it all. Again, I wish I re-recorded this the day after I saw it because I feel like I'd have a better way to articulate my thoughts. Um, well, it's just like the story of it and him having to deal with this knowledge that he doesn't want to expose his family, and but it's deeper than that too. 100%. It's it, it's his passion and his dad telling him, you know, it's just a hobby and all this stuff. Um, you know, he's paying tribute to cinema and his own love of cinema, but also his family and. You know, it, you kind of have it – his mom is, like, the inspiration to his life, you know, and everything. Like, it's just – I thought it was a, a very good story. Um, I thought the, the plot was obviously good, but the, the deeper story behind it all, I, I really liked it. Ty, I gave this an 18. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's – it entirely is about what he is passionate about, and it's his his kind of love story to the industry that he is – obviously had such an impact on and kind of how that started Mm -hmm. and how that passion grew and, and, you know, his mom being an artist and and making music and everything versus the, his dad pushing him to, you know, go into science and get a typical job and not follow art and that conflict between, you know, in his family, but also internally where he like wants to give it up and, and he knows it's his passion he wants to go to school and his dad doesn't, you know, all of that. And you just see him struggle with so much, but still express it all through what he enjoys most and mm-hmm. making these films and how that effect, like you said, how it affected his life for the better and for the worst when he, you know, broke his parents' marriage apart because he caught his mom cheating. Yeah. Um, got the bully to cry in front of him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and then got the other bully to like, oh, that bully. Yeah. And then got him to beat up the other bully yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's all told through this like it's i I like this stuff too like there's not necessarily like a style like because i'm like thinking of mitchell's versus machines how the reason i like that movie so much is the animation is in the style of the main character's filmmaking style which is just like such a meta thing to do that's really fun and there's not maybe a style that like sammy has in this you know because he's just coming up making films but it's almost like in that same realm where it's like this feels like again because it's semi-biographical like even if you didn't know this was about steven spielberg like this was you know like i said partly about his life like it feels like a movie that like the sammy character is telling like sammy made this film about everything that happened and everything like i just think that attention to detail the the slow burn of the parents divorce you know you see it from like the very beginning um, kind of just their differing point of views, like little scenes, like where they go tornado chasing and like, you have the one eccentric mom who supports and she plays the piano and she sings and she po- supports the the arts and his loves and the dad who's very successful, but is very, you know, do this, do that. Like, I don't know, man. I just thought the whole, I thought it was really well done. And it just, it felt like a a homage to his family, a homage, homage. I think that's the right word. Homage, an homage to his family, an homage to his Love for film? Why are you laughing at me? I don't know how to say that word. I don't word. even know anymore <laughs> with you because like, like I echelon. try and I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. What did you give it, Ty? Uh, 17. I was one point lower than you. It's very, very well done. It just creates, obviously you watch movies to want to feel something and, and have that escapism. And with this, you feel someone chasing what they want so desperately and you feel his passion for it and that to what drives him to create this kind of stuff and it makes sense knowing it's about him but like you said without knowing it's about him it still makes such perfect sense and works and and shows the passion Mm -hmm. uh, for movies which is what this specific movie is all about yeah for sure jumping into the key elements um this is listed as a drama it's I think the point of this film is to be a love, a lovely message, love letter to, to cinema and his love of cinema and his upbringing um, and his family. The dramatic elements I think play well. I think it's an emotional film. Hmm. Um, there's several sil- f- scenes in this. I remember crying. Can't tell you exactly what it was at. I'll be honest, Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I think you definitely, you definitely feel it. it. It's that kind of movie where it like, it lures you in emotionally and it's kind of one of those movies you almost have to give yourself over to I feel like. Like Yeah. It can be a little bit of a slow burn. I see that complaint. You know, I don't think someone like my dad would watch this, but if you fully And this is why I really really wanted you to see this in the theaters ties because it's easy to get distracted at home. We all do it, you know, you're not in the theater, but when you're in a theater, especially by yourself, <laughs> you're given <laughs> Well, I don't know. You might have been texting because you didn't have to worry about disrupting anyone else. So locked in. Um, You're literally giving like your whole attention to this film and the art of it and everything. And once you give yourself over, I feel like you're part of this family and all that. And that's just what it was beautifully made. You know, I think we've talked on this podcast before. I don't know if I've said it here. I told Riley, it's like, I think I did when we talked about Pinocchio, which isn't released yet. little spoiler here, all the stuff that Guillermo del Toro talked about in Pinocchio and how he wanted the audience to feel X, Y, and Z. It's like great directors know how to make an audience feel something, what the audience is thinking, what they're looking at, but the audience doesn't even know it. It's like subconscious for the audience. Yeah. And I think you know Spielberg did a great job in that. Um, I landed at a 17 for Key Elements, all that being said. Okay. Yeah. I I think the family connection, um, I think, all of that, the drama, it all works well. The emotions behind it, it works well. For me, the key element about this is it is a love letter to movies. Yep. And cinema. And I think it fucking nails that. I think it does that very, very, very well. I think the way that everything is portrayed and, and all of this chaos going on around his life still allows him to focus. And his films are the main part of like his story and him. Um... I think you look at different parts and like things that they do within the movie where he's like talking and describing about how he's going to shoot something for, I think, the war film. And he's like, I want to shoot it like this. And you see his eyes and you see his face and you see him reacting, but you don't even see what he's looking at. You can just feel it from what you're looking at. And then not 10 minutes later, they do that in the movie when he shows the mom the footage of her Mm -hmm. cheating. And that yeah. clip. And you all that you see is the mom watching that footage. And you know without seeing it what she's watching and everything. I think the way that it does that is it's so well done. Like yeah. he's explaining how he makes movies while still doing that and making the movie right in front of you. And it works so well. And uh, just the deeper kind of ties between this whole love. I guess this is going back to plot more. I just thought of another scene while you're talking about that when he's shooting his original war film. And he's explaining to the guy... Um, what he's supposed to be looking at. You're looking at all your fallen, you know, friends and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I don't remember if at that point in the movie, he saw his mom. Did he already see the clip of his mom cheating? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I just remember it being like, you felt that emotion where like, he was almost talking about his own situation and then putting it into the guy's mind. Yeah. It's dead soldiers and everything, but the way that like, he tied that together, well, so was like, this is your family. And this is your family. Like you have done this to you, them, yeah. You led them to this, and that's yeah. you could feel the main character feeling that on himself because he found out what this was, and maybe he's thinking about his dad even. Like it's just the, the emotions in that. Again, you have to give yourself over to it, but once you do, you know, I think you're going to feel it. What did you give it for key So nineteen. Oh, a little higher than me. I, I'm a, I'm like a sucker for movies about movies, man. I fucking love <laughs> Babylon, and this is this is done so well. I like it. Tiny. I love movies about making movies, and every time I leave it, I'm like, fuck, I need to make a movie. Yeah, seventeen feels a little low. Maybe I should have bumped it up. I don't know. I'll keep it though. Okay. Following that up, cinematography. Look, we can't talk about all this stuff about how <laughs> well it's made and the meta ness of it. And the speaking of meta, how about the end of the two end, like two parts in the the third half of the mo- third half, the third act. third act of the movie. One part when he's talking to the bully, and he was like, "Don't ever make a movie about this." And Spielberg's like, "I won't." And I was like, a wink, wink, like. this is a movie about that. And then the very end where the famous director told him, you know, the, and that's a real thing that that director did tell him. I don't know if it was that same director's name or if he fictionalized that name, but the thing about the horizon always being on the top, never being always, never always being on the top or the bottom, never in the middle. And then the end of the movie, he's walking down and the camera just does a subtle pan down. So he's though the, the horizons literally in the middle, the meta of that was pretty good um, with the key elements. And again, a movie about a guy who likes making movies made by the guy who likes making those movies. Yeah. Um, John the, Ford. That was a real guy. Yeah, I know it was a real guy. I just wasn't sure if they used his real name or not. That being said, the guy who loves making movies, who this movie's about, who loves making movies, who made this movie that, about the guy who loves making movies, mm-hmm. knows how to make movies. I'll be goddamned if he does. I gave us a 19 out of 20 time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 18. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I, it looks great. Everything, like I said, like there's multiple scenes where just that thing of his mom and like looking at it through her eyes. I know this doesn't really count, but the cinematography trick of poking holes through film for (laughs) gunfire, even though it's in a movie where, like, they could have just done that anyways. Yeah. Pretty fucking smart. Is this was shot on film? I wonder. I don't think anything uses that anymore. I don't know. I thought thought Christopher Nolan's, like, a film guy. He might be. That seems like so much extra work when, like, you don't have to. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. Pretty cool trick, though. That's pretty fucking neat. That's a smart way of doing things. Do you think he actually came up on that? I don't know. Maybe. But it worked well in the movie. Um, I just remembered something, and I'm going back to plot slash story, and you may not remember this. The mother getting the call from her mom, um, warning her not to let the man into the house, the crazy uncle who's the show business uncle. Yeah. Was that a dream? Was that a nightmare? What was that supposed to be? I think that was just a, a nightmare. She was just hallucinating it, and then the guy happens to show up the next day. Yeah, that whole – made me weird. That part of the movie I didn't love. Yeah, that whole, like, five, ten minutes. You get the the passionate spe- spiel from his uncle about art and everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he has a, a real uncle that that's based off of. If not, it's the same name even. Um, so that's probably why he included that. I could see that uncle being such a big part of his life. You know what I mean? And, like, mm-hmm. that's why he included him. But, yeah, that part of the movie was a little, like, maybe could have cut it the whole – Nightmare sequence was a little, yeah, like, it was weird. What was the point of this? I but know. maybe it even had a deeper meaning. Who knows? I think maybe it had a deeper meaning to him. And I think you're right. There was an uncle turning this into a movie. You just combine that as your mom, the artist in your family, and have her give you that. Yeah. Well, funny enough, the only actor to get a Best Supporting nomination was that uncle from this film. He got a nomination for yes. this? Yes. <laughs> fucking way yes Ty. I know the best supporting actor category is such a fucking joke sometimes Jude Hirsch the Fablemans he is the uh not the favorite he is the long, the biggest long shot good he didn't deserve it but uncle boy it's like four fucking minutes and it's not even that good he just plays a wacky uncle and he's like oh follow your dream I'm a fucking circus guy like fuck you dude real passionate about this tie. <laughs> give me a break That's terrible. That's so stupid. I thought Paul Dano should have got best supporting actor. He was wonderful. I guess he's not. I guess we'll parlay this into characters. Um, The only actor who got nominated for this, best lead actress. Not just lead. I think it's just best actress. Best actress, uh, Michelle Williams, who played the mother. She's currently the third betting favorite at plus 1,600, 16 to 1. And, look, I don't know how often Oscar long shots actually hit, but I really like that pick. If I was part of the Oscar, the Academy, which I don't even know how you become that, I would love that. If I was No, part of, fuck those guys. I don't want to be around them. If I was part of the Academy, I would vote for Michelle Williams, number one. Um, Something about people playing, like – I've talked about this before. We might have actually just talked about this. Something about playing, like, a more eccentric – off ball. What are you looking at me for? She's best supporting actress or best actress? Actress. Okay, never mind. Continue. Like kind of the eccentric, odd, oddball kind of character. I just, I, I always seem to like gravitate towards that more. Maybe because you're, I know you're acting more. You're not acting yeah. normal, but sometimes acting normal is a little bit harder than acting like that. No Madland man still fucks with me. Um, but Paul Dano acts quote unquote normal. Look, I think the acting in this is phenomenal. I thought Michelle Williams was the star of the show. I thought she was absolutely phenomenally fantastic in this. I would vote for her to be best actress. And you know what that means when I say it's an ac- an Oscar award winning performance. I thought Paul Dano should have at least been nominated. I thought the chemistry between them on, on scene was fantastic. He looks just like Spielberg's dad when Spielberg's dad was younger, which is crazy. Really? Um, Yeah. And I was a little skeptical because Paul Dano's like not that old. And I was like, how is he going to play like this teenager's dad? But he does it great. No, it works well. Um, Sam Fableman. I thought he did good enough. I don't think his acting performance was necessarily like amazing, um, but for being a teenage slash, I think just young adult actor, I thought he more than held his own, um, Seth Rogen, a little weird, a little out <laughs> of place. I think that was the Entirely. point was his uncle was probably goofy, like Seth Rogen. So like, that's why they casted it, yeah. but it's almost like a, a movie like this, like Seth Rogen star power almost takes away from it a little bit. Cause it's like, that's Seth Rogen. That's it not, did. Yeah. um, an actor, but he was fine. I think it was just him being Seth Rogen kind of made it feel weird a little bit. I thought the performances in this were fantastic. I thought like the character arc and the character development and the the deeper meanings be- behind all this were out of this world. I landed... I'm going to keep it where it's at. I almost bumped it up. I landed at a 19 out of 20 time. Holy shit. Yeah. That's really high. I just said that the main actress should have won. The, be- the supporting actor should have been nominated. Yeah. And the supporting actor we don't even like that much was nominated. So how about that? I just want to go back and remind you of the movie that had... Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Supporting. What's that? Uh, the Banshees of Inisheran that you shit on for me given a high character score. I gave it a 17. Okay. They weren't acting eccentric in that. <laughs> That's fair. They weren't. <laughs> they didn't buy a monkey and let the monkey run around the house. Exactly. She did. Yep. Exactly. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'm very high on this. I, I Yes, everything you said. Seth Rogen was out of place. Michelle Williams was fantastic. The kid was very, very, very good for being a younger actor. And, like, his performance, honestly, I feel like he could have got some love too because, like, there's a couple of moments of, like, him being emotional and, and like, when he's sitting outside after he plays his movie for the fucking school and everything, like, works pretty good for me. Paul Dano, wonderful as a weird dad. A little bit lower than you. uh, 17 out of 20. So I think it's very, very, very good. All right, Ty. How much did you enjoy this solo screening mm. of the Fablements? A lot. I enjoyed it a significant amount. It's not like a if re- you were to put it on a scale from 1 to 20. Mm, if I were to put it on a scale from 1 to 20, I gunned to my head. Mm-hmm. If I had to do this weird, unique scaling <laughs> system I'm not used to, 17 out of 20. Okay. I enjoyed it a lot. Or as we say in the streets, an 8.5 out of 10. Nope. No one says that. <laughs> Fuck the streets. Um, very very good movie I enjoyed this solo screening A uh, good deal Um, I love movies about making movies give me more movies about about like stories now I know you get a little sad when I tell you things like Ty you would have been great in the entertainment industry and stuff yeah. did you get a little sad watching this like seeing Sam Fableman chase his dream and you were just like damn maybe I should have made films as a young child it doesn't really make sense but like the father talking to his son like oh go do it I was like I was simultaneously feeling both emotions because I was like, I'm about to be a dad, but I want to be the guy going and doing that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a weird, complex um, thing going on there. But Yeah, yeah. To, Ty, as a future father, um, how are you going to balance the kids' his art and his, yeah. quote, hobbies with uh, a sustainable career? How are you going to balance that? I don't know. I had to get a job. You get a job. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well in 20 years – well, less than 20. In 16 years, 17 years, who knows what – Honestly, maybe art's the like real job that's left. Because like, computers can do all the hard work and normal shit. But art, that's going to be the people. AI art sucks. They give people like 12 fingers now. They haven't figured that out at all. <laughs> but a robot can make a damn car. That's true. So maybe that's the career field. If you want job security, it's art in the future. No one ever talks about that enough. Let's just breed them into being a filmmaker. I'm fine with that. I'm going to use Xander as a test run. For your kid? Yeah. I'm a, like I want to take him to play sports when he, like golf and stuff when he's young and see how it goes. Okay. And you know if Xander sucks, I'll be like okay, well at least I got how to train a young child how to play yeah. golf and then my son will be the prodigy. He'll just like, "Hey, that worked. That didn't it? Time yeah. to apply my notes on the the <laughs> exactly. You know, rough draft, final draft. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Um <laughs> Look, I enjoyed this film a lot. Um I I love a movie that can make me laugh and it can make me cry. I always say that. That's like my my one caveat. If you're gonna get a really high score, and this movie made me laugh and it made me cry, um, I still like slop a little bit, and I'm still a little bit of a schmuck. And that's usually what gets the 19s and the 20s is just the upper tier enjoyment, like of just turn your brain off. You know, this was still very, very good. I would rewatch it again. I might not recommend it to everyone, but I definitely will be rewatching it once it's free to stream in in the future. I gave this an 18 out of 20 enjoyment tie mm. or a 9 out of 10. No. And I finished with my highest score of the year and my highest score since we've done Marcella Shell with Shoes on Tie, which was a long time ago. A long time ago. I finished with a 91 out of 100. Woo! That's high. And I stand by it. That's a real high score. And I love it. I haven't given out very many 90s. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm four points lower than you. Okay. Still a very good score. 87 out of 100. Combined score of 89 out of 100, making it the 13th ranked film out of 169 movies we've reviewed. It is with the likes of, tied with Joker and The Joker and The Avengers. It's just Joker. I thought it was called The Joker. No, it's just Joker. Sure about that. 100%. Otherwise, I would have put The Joker on the scale. All right, you're right. But no, I just put Joker. All right, you're right. Uh, (laughs) The Avengers, Hamilton, which feels out of place, but fucking good. Joker kind of feels out of place. Haven't watched that movie once since it came out. Yeah, I was pretty high on it. You gave it a 94. It was a very good movie. It's your third highest score given out ever. I mean, yeah, cinematography is a 20. Uncomfortableness is a 20. Story works, this acting was- performance. He was a runaway favorite. Yeah. This was back in the day where enjoyment carried it to the 94. It should probably be no, like a I 90. think I know. I remember this specifically. You gave it like gave an, an 11 18 18 or something like no, that. No, I know. I said it made me a little uncomfy, so I'm giving it an 18. <laughs> Everything else got 20s back in the it was old days. early, it was real early <laughs> on with the scale. Okay. When your zero out of 20 was, did I enjoy this? Yes or no? 20 or one? <laughs> real early on. <laughs> um taking a look it is marcel marcel the shell with shoes on is from this year well 2022 20, we're in 2023 now this oh Oscar yeah. year yes this oscar year yeah spider-man no way home is not no everything everywhere all at once is so it is the, the favorite to win best picture it is the third movie uh, on the year for us behind marcel and everything everywhere how all did at once? marcel not get a best picture nom i think it should have it's ridiculous. It's got a stupid best animated, and it's going to lose to Pinocchio. Guillermo del Toro, which is a heavy favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful, no spoilers, but very good movie. Let me tell you how big of a favorite it is. Ty. I think it's the biggest favorite on here. Top Gun Maverick's the favorite for best sound. Um, minus 1400. That's wild. Mm hmm. Uh, This feels like the answer should be yes. It's kind of like Cy Young and MVP, but an animated movie can be nominated for Best Picture, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just like a a pitcher usually doesn't get nominated for MVP. First one ever was, I think, Up, which we all know my opinion on Up. It's a good movie. Now, I want to talk to you before we send off the listeners and before I give you a random audience score movie. Okay. I came to the conclusion after this, and I don't think it's that big of a hot take. I've looked up lists, and there's like a lot of people who maybe not a lot, but I don't think it's the majority, but I don't think it's an absurd opinion. I think Steven Spielberg is undoubtedly the greatest director of all time. Maybe not, not only the greatest director, the greatest filmmaker of all time, Ty. Okay. I I think everyone talks about Scorsese and Alfred Hitchcock and all these guys. Look what they did, especially Hitchcock. Like yes, revolutionized cinema. Also wasn't that much competition back then. It's a lot easier to be unique when there's less it's a lot harder to be unique now than it was in nineteen fifty when there was You're the first one fucking doing it. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna turn this into a bashing the old directors thing. I think when you look at we could turn it into that (laughs) if you want. Well and obviously the the cinema age is different because back then there wasn't blockbusters. Because if we're my argument with Spielberg is he has the perfect blend of He's got a lot of really good movies, Oscar-winning, Oscar-nominated movies. But then he's also got these mega franchises that defined cinema and what it is to be the box office. In fact, he started the summer blockbuster. Jaws was the first-ever summer blockbuster. Yeah, that's he, him. Jaws, Indiana Jones. I'm pretty sure he was a producer on Back to the Future, if not director. Um, and if you look at – that's what's crazy. If you look at his producing with his um, directing – like, the list of movies he's done is just even longer. Like the like, amount of things he's had his hands on. and Yeah, just, like, think about all the classic I'm, – I'm trying to find his filmography here. Steven Spielberg. It's got its own Wikipedia page for sure. It's not just on his normal page. Kenneth Branagh, it might be on his normal page, but not <laughs> – You know, we got Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, Indiana Jones, E.T. He produced Poltergeist. Um, he, The Goonies. He was executive producer. Um, You're Jurassic like, Park. Yeah. Like the Jurassic Park franchise. Schindler's List. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. War of the Worlds. Like that movie a lot. Adventures of Tintin. Remember that movie? No. Lincoln, which I watched in my European history class. Still my funniest story today. Um, Ready Player One. West Side Story. Fablemans. Like he's just got these these Oscar. And these big cinematic ones, his producing list is long as well. I just think I think he's the best. I think he's the best. I think so for me, this is a quantity. I don't know. I'm just gonna keep using baseball arguments here. Um, I think he has a lot of really mediocre movies. He also has like some incredible incredible films. I think for the quantity. I don't know if he's the best director. I think there's other directors where like you go through their movies and they just it's all incredible. They've done it perfectly like all of their movies are good. They don't miss for him to do the amount of work he's done and have his as I think he's had the most impact on the film industry out of any director ever. He was an executive producer of Casper. Ty, the friendly ghost. Yes. And the Flintstones. Steven Spielrock. (laughs) That was his credited name. like the B movie. <laughs> um, no, I think he easily has influenced the movie industry more than any other director alive today at least. Um I think obviously there's some guys when it's early on it's very easy like you said to to influence stuff but with the creation of Jaws and the big blockbuster, you know, m- movie like that and then Indiana Jones basically paving the way for the action adventure Jurassic Park, um, the thing. sci-fi the sci-fi thing you know et and having aliens come drastic park with fucking this not necessary fantasy in the way of like lord of the rings but you know dinosaurs living among us and and what you can do with effects and stuff and making that happen and then you go down and he just tells like like you said schindler's list something that is just like aggressively emotional and and mm-hmm. he easily has had the most influence on the film industry I think he's the greatest director of all time. I would agree. I greatest over best. Tom Brady's mm. the greatest quarterback of all time. Not the best quarterback of all time. Who's the best quarterback of all time? Not Tom Brady. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking maybe. He hasn't won, just kidding. He won best picture for Schindler's List. He's won best director for Save a Private Ryan. He's won three Oscars. He's been nominated a lot for Best Picture. West Side story. The post. Seen that movie. Watched it in uh, college. It's yeah. about the publication of the Pentagon Papers. It's one best picture, best director. E.T., bro. E.T. Yeah. Everyone loves E.T. I've never seen it, but everyone loves it. It's good movie. Not bad. Creepy little alien. Random Rotten Tomato movie score, tie. You kind of buried my lead. Well, you yeah. didn't bury the lead. You actually dug the lead out <laughs> from me burying it. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna tell you about how Steven Spielberg told Tom Cruise that he saved cinema. He did. Um, Tom Cruise is your guy now, which is funny when you think of like a highly respected director, but like Steven Spielberg. But like, if he had practical effects back then, you bet your ass he's making fucking Top Gun. Top Gun was made in like the '80s. He could have, but still, like he's he's a blockbuster movie kind of guy. If Indy could have been in a plane, <laughs> like, well, don't count your chickens because he might be in the next one not looking forward to that movie he was in a nuclear a fridge that survived a nuclear explosion it's basically a plane were you there Uh, obviously you were there our little engagement party but did you hear the conversation were you there when me and joe were talking about indiana jones or had you guys left maybe and he said his favorite one was crystal skull and i didn't realize that was the new one he said that he was joking because i told him i hadn't seen any indiana joneses and then i was like oh i've only seen the fourth one where he goes in the fridge it's like, that's Crystal Skull. That's the one I said. I was like, oh, you like that one? He was like, no, I was just being ironic. It was really <laughs> funny. Yeah, terrible film. The Only one I've seen. I think I was there for that because that's when I was telling Ricky how much I love Star Wars Episode Eight. <laughs> um, which doesn't give him enough credit. Not a good movie, though. I don't think you've seen this, Ty, this film. But maybe I could be wrong. You surprise me all the time. Since we like sports and the Super Bowl is over, I decided to go with the Tom Cruise film, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I have no fucking clue. You, are you familiar with this at all? I know the name. I didn't even know it was a movie. When a slick sports agent, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise, has a sports crisis. agent? Yeah. Okay. Has a crisis of conscience. He pens a heart-filled company-wide memo that promptly gets him fired. Desperate to hang on to the athletes that he represents, Jerry starts his own management firm with only single mother Dorothy Boyd, Renee Z- Zellweger, Zellweger, whatever, mm-hmm. joining him in this new venture. Banking on their sole client, football player Rod Tidwell, played by Cuba Gooding Jr., Victorville's own, I think. Jerry and Dorothy begin to fall in love as they struggle to make their business work. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in another another football-based movie. Rat Race. He is in that. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the movie I'm thinking of. (laughs) What's that other fucking movie he's in? It's a sports movie. Can you look up Cuba Gooding Jr.'s uh, filmography for me? Snow Dogs. No, that can't be it. That sounds like the part of my take movie. Gladiator? No, that can't be it. That's a boxing gladiator. Cuba Gooding Jr. looks like he could be Jonathan Majors' uncle. Am I thinking of Cuba Gooding? It has to be Cuba Gooding Jr. I think he has like he's on the spectrum in this film. You ever seen this movie? No, I haven't. Cuba Gooding Jr. is on the spectrum. I think he's trying to play football. No idea, but I'm looking at his um, acting. He's been in a lot direct-to-video films, like a lot. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. He had a stretch where he had like 12 direct-to-video movies in a row in like three-year span. He was just making he get. Did he get, like, canceled? Was he problematic? Is that why he was doing that? I'm not sure. I don't know anything about Jerry Maguire. I'm not. There is no thought process here. I know the name, so that's got to put it, like, at a 60. We'll go 60. He went to Apple Valley High School. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, I did know that, actually. 68% is my guess, so I can look up Cuba Gooding Jr.'s filmography. Legal issues and allegations of sexual misconduct. So. Let's, see. Let's see. Oh, he fucking played. He fucking played. The football player. Yeah, that's what I said. Were you not listening? What was your guess? 68%. Did mm. you say he played? He played yeah, yeah, the football player. Yeah. What is his name? The no, f- not in this movie. He played O.J. Oh. The O.J. Trials. Never seen that show. Um, 78%. 79% audience. Right, 84 critics. Yeah. Jerry Maguire is like the fourth one. Boys in the Hood. Gladiator. I don't know what movie I was thinking of. Maybe it was rat race. I'm going to do some research. I'll report back. No, you won't. Okay. I'll Ooh, do. Re- didn't I have some of the report back to this week? Was it about the edge of tomorrow? <sighs> I don't remember. Last week, I no, said. No, it was your homework. It was to report back about the, uh, the whatchamacallit, TV show. Zombie TV show. My brain's last of us. The last of us. That was your homework. That was my homework like three weeks ago. I thought... No, remember last week I said I just forgot that we haven't talked about it for, for weeks and you need to watch it and hmm. talk about it? I don't recall. What are we reviewing next week, Ty? <laughs> next... This is really going to piss me off, Jay. I have no idea what movie I'm thinking of here. As good as it gets? I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna go back and take a look here. Next week we're reviewing the film... Oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out today. Quantumania. Quantumania. Yeah. Ant-Man, the, yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp completely different movie. It's the second one. <laughs> Don't watch that. <laughs> Go to the movies, watch Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and maybe you'll think higher of it than the critics. Maybe. Uh, maybe the MCU isn't in shambles right now. I feel like we have a disagreement brewing. You think? You think you're going to like this movie? See, you're already taking the stance that you're not going to like it. I just, I'm assuming that's what you think I'm going to think. I was thinking the other way. You think, think you're yeah. going to dislike it and I'm going to love it. We got an Eternals on our hand because I fucking liked Eternals. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's been too long that we've given MCU movies boot bumps, and I think you think this is when you finally you say I'm done. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll talk about it next week. We've talked about the MCU as a whole, anyways, but I'm sure we'll have a nice long conversation about about it next week. So, I gave Thor: 11 Thunder three points higher than you. I want. That say- was a retroactive. I reduced my score too. Yeah, I want to say that got dropped. Yeah. So, we'll see. But, Paul Rudd, Jonathan Majors, can't go wrong. I'm more, I'm mostly looking forward to Jonathan Majors in this. And even Me if too. the movie isn't great, I'm excited for him and Creed after this as well. Mm, that's what I need to watch. The first two Creeds. Very good. It was the other night. It was between Creed 1 and Edge of Tomorrow. Creed 1 we had to pay $4 for. I said Edge of Tomorrow time, baby. Okay. It was great. <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> I, I can't argue that. Like It seems like it's a good... Grade three final fight scene, is that in place Dodger Stadium? That was my idea. Why? I had that idea before. Why would Someone it? in the movie studio saw my tweet and stole it. It does take place in Dodger Stadium. Yeah. How do you know this? It's a boxing. There's a trailer. Yeah. It's a boxing fight outside. Yeah. It pans, and you see Dodger Stadium, and it pans to the ring. One of the new trailers that came out. No, it's got to be like it takes place at like the Staples Center. No. No, they don't yeah. do boxing outside. Sometimes they do. UFC's done outside events. Like, rarely, 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 though. I mean, if there's a place to do it, it's L.A. In Dodger Stadium. Just look up Dodger Stadium Creed 3. Yeah, there's a still from it. It was a Super Bowl trailer. It pans from the outside of Dodger Stadium. You can see the ring in the middle. Anyways, I That's tweeted. I don't tw- like boxing outside. I tweeted in 2019 that my dream event would be a UFC event at Dodger Stadium. So they stole my idea. Okay. Used it for a movie. Mm-hmm. And so, it's not UFC either. No. But it's fighting combat. Fake. Also, um, last recommendation and then I'm done. Um, the new swing full – the new show Full Swing is out on Netflix. It is the documentary of the PGA Tour players. It is literally oh, the what – Live Tour? No, just the PGA Tour. Oh. I, I don't know actually. It could be. All I know is it's exactly what F1 did, but it's PGA Tour which was like the most obvious thing. Every small sports league should be doing this. Now, every big sports league should be doing this, quite frankly. Question, though, does this have all like the no-name golfers no one cares about because all the big golfers are at the Live Tour, right? Not all the big golfers are at the Live Tour. Most of them are, though, right? Well, you got like Justin Thomas. I've heard of him. That's fair. Um, Where's Tiger? Tiger's in the PGA. He's never going away from the PGA. I figured. All right, so featured on Full Swing, Jordan Spieth. He's okay. a big one. Yep, Rory yeah. McIlroy. Heard of him? I'm surprised he's not. He feels like the first guy who would have signed up for the Lyft Tour. Oh, he's also he's down with the PGA. Yeah, the Tour's gonna go bankrupt in like two years. Sure, dude. which is why go get a paycheck and then come back. <laughs> I well, entirely agree. But the, why would you say no to all that money? The PGA like banned all those guys from ever coming back. So yeah, we'll see. and they're gonna just be like, haha, just kidding. The second it goes under, it's most ridiculous. You think they're gonna fucking tell all of those guys no? Matt Fitzpatrick, I, I've heard of. I know you haven't. Colin Morikawa, you might have heard of. No. Um, and then some guys I've never heard of, so you definitely haven't heard of them. Okay, but so yeah, that's why like you watch one. it, to get to know these guys. Yeah, or I could just wait until the actual famous people who are entertaining and good at golf come back. Whatever, Ty. Just shit on my I don't know why I'm saying this. I don't watch golf anyways. I only watch like TikTok <laughs> highlights. You never watch the Masters? No, never once. I was watching golf today. Tigers I never, playing. I can I can honestly say I've never intentionally turned on golf on a television in my life. Golf is fun. I don't mind watching Twitter. I know about like the Bryson DeChambeau and him driving. The, he's on a live tour now. And, yeah, I think so. And and the Brooks Kepka, the mm-hmm. you know. I know about those guys, I know a bunch of names. Never have watched golf in my life. Don't ever plan on it. It's so boring. Tony Finau to finish top ten in a major. I need it to be like... What's the bet I always make? Just more drama. Like, give me a reality sh- I mean, what they're doing. Now that you say, give me a reality show. <laughs> I just... I went full circle here. I want this. They just need the, the, the fun people back. Well, maybe And then I would some- watch... That's a good recommendation. I may watch it, actually, because that's exactly what I would want to watch golf. Like, I don't really care about the golf. Just give me the highlights and the drama. Which I, it sounds like that's going to be what the show is. If you don't ever want to bet golf, Tony Finau, top 10 in a major. It, okay. It's always like five to one odds. There was a stretch from 2018 through the first two events of 2021. He finished in the top 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Nine times out of 14 events. At plus 400 odds, that's profit. You're making 36 units, losing five. you You're that's That was a 31-unit profit. It's a good bet. Problem is, I jumped on the train late. He's missed the top ten the last six okay. events. Got cut twice. Twice of them. <laughs> got cut? In two of them, yeah. The U.S. Open both times. So, so I'm should gonna, I do it or not? You shouldn't, but just know I will have that wager in the next okay. major. Tony Finau, top ten. Love that. He's the perfect, like, the reason I always bet him is he's always like one of those guys that's in the leaderboard. You always see his name, but he, like, never wins. He's always just kind of in the in. He's around. He's never won a major. Okay. He's just always kind of around. Okay. He's maybe like a like an underdog. Um He's only figure. won five tour events. It's not a lot. Was his father famous? I don't know. Okay. I know he's from uh he's I think he's Hawaiian, but he was born in Utah. Oh, okay. It's all Lake City. Mm-hmm. I was trying to connect to this person to uh Michael B. Jordan's Creed <laughs> character. I don't know how so i asked if his father was famous because i think creed character's father's famous what is what does creed have to do with anything i was gonna say go watch that next week i forgot We're not, we have ant-man and, and the watch yeah. i gotta like, pull it up on my laptop creed's four weeks from now or something i'm excited for that movie though i'll tell you that <laughs> that's all i got free time that's, that's that's all i got to you i was trying to we got cocaine bear in the middle of that too <laughs> i forgot about that movie i don't know go watch ant-man and the wasp in the meantime be a good friend everybody